0: A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U-S-A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General General Cigar Cigar Dave. Dave.
1: A very happy Thanksgiving weekend to all of you. We certainly hope that your Thanksgiving was festive, enjoyable, with fantastic turkey delicacies, with great cigars, spirits, camaraderie, friendship, family, and, of course, great football. Oh, I will get into discussing my Buffalo Bills towards the bottom of this half hour. You can be sure. What a shellacking of them cowboys. How about those Buffalo Bills beating those Dallas Cowboys? By the way, the drubbing was so bad. That Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys have officially been demoted to the XFL because the Bills stomped them, absolutely destroyed them on Thanksgiving. Now, we have an encore presentation each hour for this show. We will spend time sampling some great bourbons and American whiskeys in the first hour. In the second hour, we'll be enjoying some great beers from our Cigar Oktoberfest into Novemberfest mega Oktoberfest beer. Tasting maneuvers. So we hope you enjoy. Get ready for some mega spirit samplings. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the climate police. Screw the enemies of plastic. Screw the enemies of meat. Your global five-star commanding general and alpha male-in-chief, front and center, From Command Center Alpha, the Ford Theater of Operations has moved to the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge, and as always, for our mega tastings of spirits and wines, we bring in two longtime important guests to the Cigar Dave Show. First up, our host, we've got Tommy Diadio, Tommy D, the Senior Executive Vice President of Spirit Procurement for the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa and the three Corona Cigar Store and Lounges in Orlando. But today, Tommy, you are known, because we're going to be sampling <laughs> some Elmer T. Lee, you are known as Elmer Tommy Lee D'Addio. <laughs> so there you go. We've got the new nickname for you. Tommy, as always, we thank you for your hospitality, and you've selected some nice bourbons yes. for us to sample as well, some unique to yes. Corona Cigar and
2: Davidoff. Yeah, and some small niche ones that nobody's ever heard of that they oh, should know about.
1: That almost look like they're in wine bottles. Very unique, yeah. very different. And as always, we've got our resident expert Samadier, Samadier Dave Cavanis. Greetings, Long Ashes Samadier Dave.
3: General Long Ashes at it's thrilled to be here. I'm really excited. Just getting back from Kentucky yesterday or the other day. Really excited to be here to talk about these great whiskeys.
1: Are you going to be singing My Old Kentucky Home for us Uh, now? No, but I heard
3: (laughs) it plenty all last week, which is uh, really refreshing, you know, when you're up there. Tom, you know, because you were just up there also. When you go to Bardstown or being in Louisville, Mm -hmm. uh, they have a really unique way of living life. Well, wait a minute. It's not
1: Louisville, it's Louisville. 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 You've got to pronounce it correctly. That is very, very important. Well, if you guys aren't going to sing it, I've got it here. Well, no, Jim Neighbors did the Indianapolis 500. I was going to do that.
3: There you go.
1: you got to do it in a southern genteel accident. Where the sun shines bright in the old Kentucky home. Tis summer, the people are gay. Can you say that on the air? I guess you can. The corn tops ride and the meadows in the bloom while the birds make music all the day. Oh, wait. I can sing it. Look at this. The sun shines bright in my old Kentucky home. Tis summer. The people are gay and LGBTQ as well the cone tops right and I think I'm off I'm off a little bit on the on the music here but you get the yeah. gist of it since you guys wouldn't sing it <laughs> no leave it to the five Bob. star to have the nads
3: to no do it siree, Bob.
1: and the chorus goes weep no more my lady oh weep no more today we will sing one song for my old kentucky home for the old kentucky home far away you know i remember way back i used to sing that song because I had a horse, people don't know this, I had a horse that actually ran in the Kentucky Derby. Secretary, you may have heard of it. (laughs) 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 I'll tell you what, I always get a kick out of the Kentucky Derby when you see all these women in their hats that attend. They want to be seen, a big social event with all the pictures. And I say, women don't know the difference between a horse's nose and a horse's ass. They have no clue, (laughs) but they all look the part. All right, so, Simonier Dave, as we talk about American whiskey And bourbon whiskey, even though it is National Bourbon Heritage Month, on the show the entire month, we also celebrate American whiskeys. Right. Well, what is very interesting is we look at, first of all, bourbon whiskey, a type of American whiskey. So, for example, an American whiskey can be a whiskey, but not a bourbon whiskey. But all bourbon whiskeys are American whiskeys. It is a barrel-aged distilled spirit made primarily from corn. And, in fact, in my old Kentucky home, you hear the corn tops right and the meadows in the bloom. It's because there's much corn in Kentucky. So it must be primarily made from corn at least 51%. Now, there's some controversy. The name ultimately derives from the French Bourbon dynasty, although the inspiration for whiskey's name is uncertain. Some people say it's Bourbon County in Kentucky. Other, bourbon street in new orleans both named after the french bourbon or bourbon uh, dynasty been distilled since the 18th century the use of the term bourbon for whiskey has been traced to the 1820s with consistent use being in kentucky in the 1870s and in 1964 the united states congress recognized bourbon to be a distinctive product of the united states And there are specific legal requirements in order for a whiskey to be termed bourbon. They are. It must be produced in the United States, made from a grain mixture that is at least 51% corn. Bourbon must be aged in new charred oak barrels, distilled to no more than 160 proof or 80% alcohol by volume, entered into the container, the barrel for aging at no more than 125 proof, or 62.5% alcohol by volume, and bottled at 80 proof or more. So every time, once it's distilled, it has a higher proof, then it's cut down with a little branch or water before it goes into the barrel, and then once it comes out of the barrel then it is mixed with branch or water to further dilute it. Not any just, bourbon?
2: What's that? Not just any water. It's limestone. Oh, well, the yeah. water from Kentucky yeah,
1: yeah. or Tennessee or anywhere. Yeah. But remember, bourbon can now be made anywhere yep. in the country. Not necessarily, yep. but it is known in Tennessee and yeah. in Kentucky for their limestone. Well, that's water. what I
3: wanted to say because that's one of the things that I was really impressed <clears throat> doing some of the distillery tours. When it rains... It takes six days for the water to seep all the way down into the aquifer. The water is so pure. And if you look at some of the best beverages that we consume on the face of the earth, whether it's a champagne, whether it's a whiskey, tequila, beer, even soda, it's the water, the purity of the water that really gives you that flavor.
1: Well, when I was at the Jack Daniels Distillery in Lynchburg, Tennessee, we went to where the the creek runs, where the water comes, and there's a, a very big placard there talking about the importance of the water now i grew up in buffalo and i will tell you that central and western new york state has i think amongst the best water in the country right out of the tap it tastes great florida the absolute worst but kentucky same thing it's got a unique unique taste to it
3: and that's that limestone like tommy had said for it to go all the way through to the limestone and yeah. then source it out that's the largest area in the united states yeah. for that purity of water yeah. to come through
1: Now, bourbon that is labeled as straight, straight bourbon whiskey, has been aged under four years, must be labeled with the duration of its aging. Bourbon that has an age statement on the label must be labeled with the age of the youngest whiskey in the bottle, not counting the age of any added neutral grain spirits in the bourbon that is labeled as blended. So, for example, if a bourbon whiskey says, has an age statement, four years old, the youngest bourbon used in that particular whiskey is at least four years old. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything else has to be four years or older than that. Bourbon that is bottled in bond is a subcategory of straight bourbon, must be aged for four years. Now, what we have seen the last number of years with the explosion of the popularity of bourbon is that age statements are being taken off bottles. Now, for example, Jim Beam double-aged black, Mm -hmm. that always had an eight-year age statement. Now they just call it, uh, I think, Jim Beam Black. The age statement is off. Mm -hmm. So it could be four years, could be six years, could be five years, but they've taken that off. And uh, uh, Samadhi Dave, you've seen that because you're familiar with many of the bourbons, (coughs) the bigger names. Uh, There was a big controversy a number of years ago. Maker's Mark wanted to dilute the proof, Mm -hmm. and people said, wait a minute, you can't do that. And after a lot of backlash, they backed off that
3: particular proposal. They actually made it. I don't think they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Some, they got did. Some got out. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I think they did that, though. For marketing. Well, for taxes. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at wine, there's mm-hmm. the percentage of alcohol is where you pay your taxes. And it would be the same with spirits. Yeah. So the higher the proof, the more tax you're going to pay on Another it. So those yeah. big producers... Whether yeah. it's Beam or through Brown Foreman and whatever, they want to bring the proof down, so they pay less tax. Well, not only that,
1: but they were running out of the yeah. aged bourbon. Correct. Now, here's, here's another interesting thing. As of 2018, approximately 95% of all bourbon is produced in Kentucky. Last year, Kentucky, Kentucky's population, 4.3 million people. Yeah, I remember this. Eight point one yes. million bourbon, uh, bourbon barrels. barrels being aged in Kentucky, yeah, almost double the population, population
2: of Kentucky. I'm proud of that. They they tell you that all over the place.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, which is but. very very interesting. Now, even though Kentucky is certainly known as the home of bourbon, much bourbon production, Tennessee can't call it. They don't call it bourbon. It's Tennessee whiskey, and the reason is there is a different process they use to kind of distill or filter any of the impurities. It's called the Lincoln County Process, where there's a state-mandated pre-aging filtration. They use chunks of maple charcoal. And what happens is they slowly pour the bourbon, or correction, the whiskey, like Jack Daniels. It filters through that charcoal. Yeah, and it, it removes. Drips, a, right, it drips, it drips down slowly. Down. Big vats, I mean, probably yeah. four or five foot vats. And what happens is a lot of the oil residues and impurities get filtered away. So it's a very clean, very smooth type of taste. And they do a secondary charcoal uh, uh, filtration on the Gentleman Jack, which makes it even smoother. Smoother. So very, very nice. So that's really it, the differences between Tennessee whiskey and uh, whiskey made in Kentucky. But now with the craft distilling, we're seeing bourbon made in We've got uh, St. Augustine, Florida, St. Augustine Distillery. We're seeing it in Colorado. We're seeing uh, it in every, Alabama. Every state has Ohio, every state, every, every, Alaska, every, every, Alaska Utah. Wyoming, Utah, yeah. exactly. And, in fact, if Texas you, is big now. Texas, we've got Garrison Brothers yeah. Yeah. Uh, bourbon that we're going to be enjoying. In fact, in Utah, if you buy a bottle – I don't you realize this – but if you buy a bottle of any of their craft bourbon that is actually distilled in Utah, you get four wives thrown in free <laughs> to enjoy for a month. So, nice. Exactly. Uh, and for those of you in Utah, just kidding. Actually, I think it's more like six wives. Yeah. But listen, I'm all about it. The only thing is just make sure you have four or six good prenuptial yeah. agreements, and you are good to go. All right, so Samanie Dave, anything you want to add or Tommy about yeah. bourbon whiskey, Actually, American
2: whiskey? When you were talking about the eight statements, uh, Knob Creek took the number nine off it. They're putting it back on. So the, 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 they're putting numbers back on the bourbon now. We don't have a Knob Creek in here, No, but, but the Knob Creek nine is the nine's going back on the bottle.
1: Well, I'm going back to get some mm-hmm. knob creep. I was just thinking about that. we have got 22, we can probably fit in a 23. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, so anything else, Samani, Dave, you'd like yeah, to Yeah, I add? was
3: going to say, doing some reading up on this, on the plane and everything, whiskey through the 70s and 80s had crashed, where very little of it was really being sold. It was your vodka, your flavor vodkas, which were commanding the spirit world. So come around the 2000s, well, you had all these mixologists in New York, Chicago, Houston, Dallas, Los Angeles. They were creating the old drinks yeah, of the 20s before Prohibition yeah. or during Prohibition yep. and the Manhattan. The old-fashioned actually was the drink that these mixologists reinvented yeah. again, and that created a demand for whiskey mm-hmm bourbon whiskey in this country because other than bourbon what did you have like jack daniels yeah. Tennessee whiskey you didn't have this plethora of distilleries throughout the country so it was only then with this drink that it started to take off and you're right dave there's more barrels laid down in kentucky than our people yeah. actually reside there
1: let's start things off without any further delay with the Buffalo Trace White Dog. Now, there's a reason we're going to be starting with two what we call White Dog whiskeys. Before a bourbon goes into the barrel, there has no color to it. Basically, mm-hmm. when you're talking about at least 51% corn, and most bourbons are, say, 60 70% corn, they may have some rye, they may have some barley in there or some wheat. There's always barley. There's always barley. Mm-hmm. And, and there could be some wheat as well. Mm-hmm. well what happens is... You taste, before it goes into to the barrel to age, where it gets its color, where it gets some of the woody notes and the spiciness and the warmth, it comes out as a crystal clear spirit. And when you smell it, you can taste the sweetness of corn right on the nose. So the White Dog from Buffalo Trace, and now Tommy, you're a big yeah. Buffalo Trace. You bought a lot of single barrels from Buffalo Trace. This is their White Dog Mash Number 1. Corn, rye, and malted barley. So this essentially is one of the spirits. In fact, this is probably the Buffalo Trace. This is the spirit before it goes into the barrel.
2: So the history on this one is, is most people, when they were buying it in a store, it was an expensive little bottle. They're like, I would never pay that much for that. But what you're supposed to do with this was take the case, get a small barrel, and put the whole case in the barrel and age it and make it a bourbon. Most bourbon people don't realize that's what you really are supposed to do with this.
1: Well, let me say cheers, take a taste, and you can just on the nose, the sweetness yeah, of the corn. It, the corn. Yeah, you get
3: the corn. Yeah.
1: Interesting. You definitely get notes of the alcohol, but you get that sweetness of the corn, yeah. a lot of warmth. And this is what the raw distillate, which is clear, unaged. The sweetness of the corn, this is what you taste before it goes into the barrel. And now you get a good idea from tasting this white dog mash number one from Buffalo Trace what the aging process, the effect Mm -hmm. on the distillate is. Because, again, what's going to affect every uh, uh, barrel of bourbon or American whiskey? It's going to be the char oaking, how Mm -hmm. much charred was done, where was the uh, barrel being aged, the heat, the, the temperature... Uh, The cold, it all has its effect. How much sloshing around, when they roll the barrels, how much is exposed to the wood. Those are all the different factors that you get during a four, two-year, four-year, eight-year, ten-year aging process. And it's incredible the effect of the wood. And no two are exactly alike. And that's why when they do have a (coughs) blended bourbon, Jack Daniels, for example, or Buffalo Trace, they're always trying to remain, maintain the consistency with barrels from different portions of the rickhouse.
2: That would probably take in a little five-gallon barrel probably two years. Yeah. Because the aging right. process is faster in a small barrel.
3: Sure it is. It's closer to the wood and everything. Mm-hmm, yep. But to Dave's point, just coming back from mictors, they really accentuate the thought process. Oh, yeah. Usually you get four seasons where the whiskey's going into the barrel, out of the barrel. They try to do it to make it about six to eight seasons going into the barrel, out of the barrel. To Dave's point, you get a lot of flavor from those barrels. Now, next up,
1: somebody, Dave, this is a brand that you are very familiar with. This is Hudson's, Hudson's New baby. York Corn yeah. Whiskey. Now, we primarily enjoy the baby bourbon mm-hmm. right. or their four-grain uh, whiskey, but this is Hudson New York Corn Whiskey Pot distilled from 100% New York corn. Now, this is 100%. So what does it say about bourbon? You have to be at least 51% corn. You can have a 100% Mm -hmm. corn, Mm -hmm. but the reason that distillers like to put some rye and uh, some wheat or some barley in there is to smooth it, soften it, refine it, change the taste just a little bit. So this is 100%. So let's say cheers on this. And this comes from a 375-milliliter bottle. And I should say that on the first one that we tried, the Buffalo Trace White Dog Mash Number 1, my tasting notes, sweetness, yes. an aroma of corn, some nice warmth on the way down. I think $25 for a
2: 350. no. 350- no. That's like sixty bucks. No,
1: no, 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 no. no.
2: Now it's twenty-five bucks. People discounted it to get rid of it because nobody would buy it for sixty bucks. Used to be well, sixty dollars.
1: I've never seen it for sixty. I think I paid. I have. Really? Yep. I think I paid twenty-five. All right. So let me take a taste of the Hudson, New York corn whiskey. Wow, that's some white lightning. Yeah, I right was yeah. just going to say, there's difference sizzle, in the flavor. Some yeah. heat, not as much sweetness, which no. is no, interesting at all. The Buffalo Trace. What happens with the rye and the malted barley tames it down a little bit, yeah. And this is what they used to call white lightning. Yeah, in prohibition, 100% corn whiskey. This is right out of the uh, distillery. This has got some serious strength. We will have many more American whiskey and bourbon tasting samplings with Sommelier Dave and Tommy D, Tommy D'Addio of the Davidoff of Geneva and Corona Cigar Stores in the cigar city of Tampa and Orlando in the next half hour. But I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about my Buffalo Bills. Thanksgiving, we purposely ate early. We planned our turkey maneuvers right around the start of the Buffalo Bills Dallas Cowboys. How about, you know, the Cowboys, they always say they're America's team. As far as I'm concerned, there was only one team wearing red, white, and blue on the field on Thursday on the second game, and that was your and my Buffalo Bills. The number of people that texted me and emailed me saying we are Giants fans, Eagles fans, Skins fans, we hate the Cowboys. We are all Buffalo Bills fans today. What an absolute magnificent performance. I am I've been very critical of Josh Allen, but I have to have to credit him. They have picked up their pace of play. They have picked up just the way that they're reading defenses. He's been smarter. He had a great game. How about that razzle-dazzle double reverse Josh Allen to wide receiver Andre Roberts to wide receiver John Brown? 28-yard strike to running back Devin Singletary wide open. We absolutely spanked. We kicked the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones right in the gut and in the teeth. It was absolutely magnificent, worthy of a celebratory cigar. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. And afterwards, Jerry had to leave his sweetie He was crying. Jerry got himself a nice, big-ass serving of Thanksgiving humble pie from the Buffalo Bills. It was magnificent. Final score, 26-15. The Bills scored 26 unanswered points. America, meet the real America's team The Buffalo Bills. Amazing. Nobody picked the Bills to win. Nobody. I thought it was going to be a close game, a tough game. But I said, if the Bills can have a breakout performance on the main stage, on Thanksgiving, national TV audience, look out. The Bills could be for real. We'll continue
0: right around the corner. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with The General now at Cigar Dave Show.
1: Welcome back to our Thanksgiving Encore Bourbon Presentation Maneuvers. During the month of September, we celebrated National Bourbon Heritage Month, and we wrapped it up with a mega-tasting of a plethora of fantastic American whiskeys and bourbons with Sommelier Dave, Tommy Diadio. We go back and continue the tasting. Enjoy. Now we're going to go to the Elmer T. Lee, which also comes to us from Buffalo Trace, Correct. correct? Again, Tommy, big Buffalo Trace fan Why?
2: Everybody wants their bourbon, so my actually my favorite is Four Roses. Four Roses,
1: mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yes. Why is Four Roses your favorite?
2: I just I love their bourbons. I love the multiple. I think they got the 10 mash bolts. I, I like how they just blend stuff together when they do their limited editions. I'm well, a big fan of Four Roses.
1: Well, it's interesting because the first single barrel that I ever had that Jeff gave yeah, me was our
2: corona, first one we did. Was that was the first one. But nobody wanted it.
1: Exactly, and we've had Jim Rutledge on many, yeah, many times. Yeah, and now it's...
2: Um, uh, uh, Brett Elliott, he's a new master distiller. He's the master distiller. And Rutledge so, is doing his own bourbon now, Cream of Kentucky.
1: I did not know that, so <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to talk to you about Creme de Kentucky. Yes. got to make it sound fancy. Yes,
2: Creme of Kentucky. Creme, la creme
1: de Kentucky. Very, very nice. Tell me about this. I
2: consider him one of the most modern people to re- change the face of bourbon because he created the single barrel. He changed the Eagle Rare to a single barrel. So then he came up with the, something he liked to drink a lot, which was a sour mash, which is basically the fermentation of an old uh, Usually it's about 20% they'll leave right. in
3: after they rack it off right. to go into the, um,
2: the new one. bottling
3: and all. Oh, wait, yeah. so explain so that one more so time.
2: So they take 20% of the, the mash.
3: The mash, Bill, they'll leave still yeah. in of the fermenter. Yes. Correct. Okay. <coughs> and then they'll add all the new water, yeast.
1: Correct. Uh, so you've got a little old distillate. And new. And then new. That's the, Very easy, little that's the simple way of explaining right. it, and okay. that's the correct way. And that's what a sour mash is. Yes. Sour so mash. it's not necessarily sour. That's no. just what they call it. So we'll... Say cheers on this. And it's a single barrel. Now, and the aroma on this, getting a little almost orange. hmm Yeah, you get from orange. From the, the barrel.
2: Yeah. Whoa. Just now so this, dangerous smooth.
1: Dangerous smooth. Definite sizzle on the way down, but it doesn't linger. No. It's peppery sizzle on mm-hmm. the way down. Now, there's something called the Kentucky Chew, where when you taste bourbon, yep. I can't remember which uh, distiller, was it uh, they- Jimmy...
2: Probably Jimmy Russell because Jimmy all the Russell. people from Wild Turkey it. was it.
1: Jimmy Russell. It's called the Kentucky. You chew, chew it in chew. your mouth. Because we've had Jimmy on. He said, what <coughs> you do is you put it in your mouth like this.
2: Mm-hmm. Chew. with mm-hmm. the liquid in your mouth.
1: Mm-hmm. Of oh, course. Smack your lips. You get, bring that yeah. air. And you get oh, the alcohol in you your whole palate. Oh, yeah. And I'm getting, getting right on the front of the, on the, mm-hmm. on the tongue. I got it, too. It was like
3: a little sweetness yeah. up there. Sweetness front. and
1: sizzle yeah, at the same time. very good. So this, I would say, is more on the medium, medium plus in terms of flavor strength. Definite notes, I would say, of pepper. A lot of spice, with that sizzle that hits the back mm-hmm. and dissipates rather quickly. So not a lot of warmth, but definite sizzle. Next up, we move to Woodford Reserve with <clears> the Woodford Reserve and the Woodford Double Barrel. Now, somebody, Dave, Woodford Reserve. We featured at one of our pleasure fests. We had the Ambassador. They brought the big. Remember, they had that big thing showing their sure. their mash, what yep, they right, use, yep.
3: the actual mash. Bill was yeah. the bottle. They've been doing, right. doing this from. 1812. This distillery was created out there, and then during Prohibition they did medical sales, mm-hmm. so you could still get it with a doctor's prescription for medicinal purposes medicinal only. Medicinal <coughs> purposes. So really nice, 90.4% or proof. It's going to be clean. You're going to get some honey amber off of it. It's going to be really rich with dried fruits, and it's going to be at the end rich and chewy, round, smooth. Complexes, citrus, <clears> cinnamon, <throat> and coca. Definitely getting on the
2: nose.
1: I'm trying to picture it. I'm trying to identify it. Maybe some mint. Some sweetness. Yeah, a little minty almost. And oranges. It's the yeah. only
2: uh, single barrel that we could do that you have to take two barrels and you blend them together to make your barrel. Now so this you take two different barrels.
1: Now this is nice. Not a lot of warmth, nice flavor on it. Well, this is an, a 90 proof, yeah. which is it's a Nin- high yeah. proof, <laughs> but yeah, don't let are. the proof scare you away. No.
2: That's a low proof for bourbon, 90.
1: Mm. Wow. Definite orange, almost a little lemon. They've won Very a lot smooth. of
3: awards since 1999 <clears throat> all the way up to yeah. last year.
1: Now, they t- I remember they told us what's unique about their mash bill. I can't remember. They have corn, and I think they smoothed it out with... Uh, I don't think they have wheat in there no, or not. They just did. No, they just it's did
2: their wheat first. Now, Right. First we did.
1: But very, very pleasant. Now, mm-hmm. the Woodford Reserve, the master distiller is Chris Morris, who's the same master distiller as Old Forster. Yes. Now, the right. Old Forster, a definite fuller <coughs> flavor profile oh, yeah. that we will get to. Now we go into the Woodford Reserve Double Oak mm-hmm. double Barrel oak. Finish
3: Select. So, what they usually do is once you've distilled it in the one oak barrel, Because for it to be called a bourbon, you have to use a brand-new oak barrel. That's correct. So they put the the juice back into a brand-new toasted oak barrel. So it gets double-oaked.
1: Double-oaked. So we'll see. Now, again, we're tasting these back-to-back, so we'll have a really good idea of how they Mm -hmm. differ.
3: We'll say cheers. Little different flavor complexion, almost more woodiness on the nose. When you look at the color, it's going to be a lot darker than the regular Woodford. It's Definitely getting more wood flavor,
1: mm-hmm. almost that wooden mustiness. You're going to be more full body. Definitely too. more full body. Going to be
3: creamy. You're going to get a long finish <clears> off <throat> of this. Definite. A little a bit
1: n- of warmth. Not a
3: lot of sizzle, but just enough. No, you get some caramel, hazelnut, apple on the uh, taste of it on the palate.
1: Now, I like the regular Woodford Reserve better. I just think a little smoother for my palate. Yeah. But this for people that want a little bit more sizzle, fuller flavored cigar. Want to eat a nice uh, Cajun meal? The Woodford Reserve Double Oak is the way to go. We'll continue with our Thanksgiving Encore presentation of bourbon and American whiskey, tasting maneuvers around the corner.
0: You you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave.
5: Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org.
1: Cigar connoisseurs and enthusiasts love going into their retailer's humidor and seeing what's new, what's exciting. It's like a kid in a candy store. And we've got a great way that you can enjoy and sample fabulous cigars from incredible manufacturers. It's the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Every month, you will receive three fantastic cigars in an Officers Club Ziploc pouch shipped directly to you for $22.95. Now, in the past year, we've had incredible selections. We had the World of Davidoff, which featured an Avo and a Davidoff Winston Churchill. We've had cigars from A.J. Fernandez, from Rocky Patel, from Placencia Drew Estate, Sindicato Fonseca, incredible cigars that you will love. Become a member of the Officers Club today. Join now. Go to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. You will absolutely love it. On this Thanksgiving weekend, we feature an encore presentation of our bourbon and American whiskey tastings from September as we celebrated national bourbon heritage month. We wrap up this hour with Samadier Dave and Tommy Diadio with some great bourbon and American whiskey selections.
3: Few bourbon, F-E-W. F-E-W. What does
1: that stand for, Samadier Dave?
3: Uh, few F-E-W stands for the people that started it back in 2011, Paul Hellenic who is in Illinois, outside of Chicago. That was their name they gave the, uh, the distillery.
1: Sergeant Steve, we had them on, didn't we? Yes, we had one of the founders uh, on. Yeah, I don't know what, what yeah. the
3: actual FEW would stand for. But interesting. So this is their few FEW. Bourbon, bourbon which wins bourbon a lot of awards for them.
1: artisan spirit, 93 proof. Tell me
3: about this. So what you're going to get is a really nice, soft finish in oak. You're going to get some cherries, rich caramel, wood and burnt Brown sugar on the nose. The uh, taste should give you a really nice corn, spice up front, caramel, and vanilla.
1: Now, it's a three-grain bourbon recipe. Right. They infuse genera- uh, 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 generations of southern tradition, they say, with a spiciness of northern rye and a touch of malt for smoothness. So and you're going to in get small batches. corn,
3: rye, yeah. malted barley.
1: And you know what? I'm getting a little of that barley
3: notes yeah. the, I,
1: on the nose. We'll say cheers. It's probably a little younger.
3: Very young. Yes. But they're winning some really yeah. nice awards. Mm-hmm. sharp. It's got yeah. some sharpness yeah. to it.
1: It is young. Next up, Wood. Old Forster. Now, Forrester. we had Jackie Zeiken, who is the master taster, mm-hmm. on uh, last week. We had her for the entire second hour. Very fascinating. We talked in-depth about Old Forster and one of the spirits she mentioned, the Old Forster 1910. Is that the one that, Sergeant Steve, she said was incredibly popular and in selling out? Yep. Yes. The 1920, yeah. yes. The 1910. We, we totally sold 1920
2: out. 1920 is popular, but 19. was Right. Really she said famous, really went so through the roof. Yep.
1: So we made sure we had the 1910 yeah. and 1920 on this tasting. So, Samadier Dave, do the honors, please.
3: What you had was a fire on the bottling line, and it halted the production of Old Forster. Mature whiskey ready to bottle instead was stored in a secondary barrel. Mm-hmm. So, here again, just like how they did with Woodford, they took new charred oak barrels, took the whiskey out of the ones that were mm-hmm. around the fire, put them in the secondary barrels, and then it created this beautiful yeah. whiskey. So,
2: what happened was the barrels almost burned to so they almost fell apart. So, right. it gave an extra char. So, they recreated that method from the fire from Duluth.
1: Interesting. Now, 93 this reproof? Now, I'm just the notes that the okay. ar- that Notes I'm getting on my nose here, mm-hmm. on the aroma. Some buttercream. Yeah, uh, a yeah. L- little yeah.
3: butterscotch. A yeah. little bit of citrus. Could have cedar, uh, apricot.
1: The Cedar is what I'm getting. A lot of that woody woody type of note.
3: So we'll say cheers and we'll taste this. Your taste is going to be real smooth, well-rounded. Oh, yeah. little sweet oatmeal raisin, possibly. A little raisiny,
1: little spice, a little sizzle, little warmth. Big difference from the few that's oh, yeah. young. Oh, yeah. You can yes. tell this is yeah. properly aged. Oh, yeah. And very it's,
3: nice. On the finish, you're going to get charred oak, which will lead to a really nice, clean spice. It is spicy.
1: Very, very nice. I can see why this sold out. They call it the Old Forster 1910 Old Fine Whiskey. Next up, we have the Old Forster 1920. 1920. Prohibition. Prohibition style, they mm-hmm. call it. So, Correct. why does this differ? Why do they call it Prohibition style?
3: Well, because in 1919, when Prohibition was enacted, the Old Forster people went and s- s- sought after a ability to produce it medicinally. So you could go to your doctor, and the doctor that they used in Louisville was Dr. Forrester. He would write out a prescription for you to have a drab about six times a day for medicine purposes, and this is an ad honor.
1: But after you, he gave you the medicinal whiskey— yeah. His name was changed to Dr. Feelgood. Yeah.
2: So they, get, they, they recreated <laughs> the mash bill from the 1920s.
1: All right, now the aroma on the, uh, on the nose here. A little bit flatter. Not, not, I'm not getting a lot of that fruitiness, more of a no. woodiness to it. But let me say cheers and we'll take a
3: sip. Well, it's a single barrel entity. Woo! A little bit fire, more spice. Fire in
1: the hole. A lot more spice. Major spice. Major fire going down. Major sizzle. What do you think, Tommy.
2: Both of them are very good. Yeah. very. good. I like
1: the, the 1920s, a little softer. Mm-hmm. So, Somalia Dave, I'm going to take the 1920. You I'll let it. you take the 1920. Mm-hmm. This is, to me, a little bit too fiery as it goes you down. You mean the
2: 1910? You want one. the 1910. What did I say? 20. 20.
3: Oh, no, 1910. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, this is 115 proof, so you definitely notice right. the sizzle. The heat. Yeah, right. no question about it. Uh, suggested retail for a bottle.
3: Oh, it's going to be the same. It's going to be around uh, 55 to $60, depending on where you live. All right, now we go to Samadi,
1: or we go to Tommy D. Some of my favorites, Shanks Kentucky Sour Mash mm-hmm. whiskey, and they call it Shanks Homestead.
2: Yeah, Mixters. Oh, this Sh- is part for mixers.
3: Yes. Well, this is the original names, distiller mm-hmm. Tomas Shank in 1753 was one of the largest wheat or rye farmers outside of Philadelphia. So, with the extra rye that he had that he didn't turn into bread or whatever, he made into whiskey. This Washington was- came. And bought some of this whiskey so that he could then fund the Continental Army. This is their sour mash, like Elmer Thiele. 1753 is when, this is when was, it started. It so they started, consider right. themselves the actual this first whiskey. Let's distillery. raise a,
1: a, a glass to Shanks and to the great George Washington for being able to fight the Brits. Mick the Brit has never been able to get over it since. This so went, we say cheers. Here, here. <laughs> Tommy? This
2: went from retail last, last year from like. 40 something dollars up to 80. Yeah,
3: it's 78. I have it, written here it $80. In this one year. is smooth, mm-hmm. very good. Wow, let me take another sip here. Honey cherry oak. Mm-hmm. It's nutty orange zest. Honey
1: cherry a little bit of oakiness but not much. I'm getting a lot of that almost like a a cherry like mm-hmm. flavor mm-hmm. with some nice warmth but not overpowering warmth.
3: It's got a great mouthfeel. Five
1: star selection. Off wait wait no doubt.
3: Light smokiness on it. Now, this
1: is limited?
2: Yep. This, these are mine. He if, couldn't pull these samples. Yeah.
3: If you can find it, buy it.
2: This one is better. This is a true bourbon. So, Shanks, this comes out, what, once a year? Once a year. Oh, they yeah. make about eight to ten barrels of that. Yeah. They do about eight barrels of Bumbergers a year, sometimes six. So, this is from the same distillery? Yes, Bumbergers. Well, is it, it
3: morphed from Shanks, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> Abraham Bromberger bought the distillery mm-hmm. in 1860. So from 18, 1753 mm-hmm. to 1860, Shanks had it. Then from 1860s through the 50s, it was Abraham, Abraham Bromberger.
1: Abraham Bromberger. All right. So my grandfather, Cigar Abe, So they both shared something in common. And this wanna... was
3: all in Pennsylvania. So they were making these two whiskeys in Pennsylvania. Abraham's sons, Michael and Peter, he put the two names together, and that's where Michter's comes in. And Say then that one more time. Michael and Peter. Interesting. blended. Yeah. That's Michters. Ah. Oh. And then it went defunct due to prohibition and everything. And Chatham Imports was able to buy it up. This. Yeah. And then took it to Louisville, where great bourbon is made.
2: Because they wanted are, to make great the, bourbon. These two are probably sitting in liquor stores all over the place that nobody. Knows. knows what right. they are, and they walk oh right by goodness. them.
1: And I've got to, I'm going to definitely go You won't online. find them in
2: Florida because all the whiskey side has pilfered them, but you might be able to find them in Buffalo. I will I'm find you. them.
1: Leave it to me. And, again, yeah. a unique bottle, almost like a mm-hmm. wine bottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And just 108 proof on this, the
1: aroma yeah. on this. Interesting, I'm getting a little bit of mintiness on here. Mm-hmm. Almost a minty, almost a weedy, minty type of aroma. We'll
3: say cheers. Delicious flavors. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get some of the caramel really good. of it. You're gonna get a lingering oh. finish on She's it. A awesome. small batch. Little spicier yeah. than yeah.
1: the sour mash.
2: Shanks. Yeah, it's a sour mash yeah, the other one. Sour
1: mash really makes a difference. It yeah. smooths it out. This has a little bit more more sizzle to it, but not overpowering. We take one more lot of a lot of heat on this. Mm. A little sweetness. Zesty is what I would call it. Very, very nice. All right. Next up, we've got Kentucky Owl Bourbon. I like like what it says on the label, wise man's uh, bourbon with an owl on here. Mm -hmm. This is batch number eight. So tell me about this, Tommy.
2: This one actually is part of Dave's. but Oh, Oh, it is. Okay. Well, this has been, we're down to the
3: fifth generation on this. Dixon Deadman's. Family started this back in the 1800s and Prohibition again killed the brand. So it was his father, and now he, the fifth generation, has started it. It's in the uh, Haroldsburg area of Kentucky.
2: And Stoley bought them, right?
3: Stolichnai is now mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. control of the production Wait, of it all. You're
1: telling me Russians now mm-hmm. own Kentucky y- else? Mm-hmm. Ukrainians. Let's call Mr. <laughs> Mueller immediately begin investigation. <laughs> Very suspicious.
2: The the the, Illusion. the the retail on this is too much. Well These, this
3: is hundred and seventy five dollars. How much?
2: No, not this one.
3: Well, this is batch eight.
2: You ain't buying that for one seventy five. It's over two hundred bucks. Is it really? Yeah, that's well, everybody now, marks it up. You you ain't finding that for under two thirty.
1: Almost like a sweet aroma on the nose, I'll say. Cheers. Yeah, you're going to get for gardenia, 200 I can't
3: wait to smell this. Banana bread, toasty mm-hmm. sourdough.
1: That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Banana bread. Now, I will tell you, I would not pay $200 for this. Wow.
2: Well, to me. It's a lot. The new one's 300 retail. I wouldn't
3: pay. Well. So, when I was at the distillery, staying at the Beaumont Inn, I had a glass, <clears> and I paid $60 yeah. for a drink. Let
2: dram. me explain to you this to, one.
3: To, well, let me just say, to me, this is. I'm not getting a lot of fruitiness.
1: I'm getting no. a lot of heat and a lot of sizzle. It's dry.
2: See that, Bartstown? Definitely yep. dry. There's a couple things in Bartstown when you're buying old bourbon from. 1792 and Heaven Hill. That's where this is coming from. From Heaven Hill? Or 1792, no. actually, most of it is 1792. It's coming from 1792. 1792.
1: Buffalo right. Trace. Oh, from Buffalo Trace. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you, this, to me, is not complex. It's very one-dimensional, just a lot of sizzle, not a lot of fruitiness with some warmth. So, not a five-star selection. I would not pay 175 or $200 for the Kentucky Owl Bourbon. All right, last one in this segment: Peerless
3: Bourbon, great unique-looking bottle. Great family, Corky Taylor, fourth generation. His son Carson Taylor, a <clears throat> fifth generation, is running it. Corky's great grandfather came over from Poland, mm-hmm. spent all of his money, and got into Louisville, Kentucky, and then eventually owned a bank. And then eventually took that bank, made a ton of money, went to Chicago and started one of the most unique hotels in Chicago. Used to sip whiskey with Al Capone and all that. And they make Peerless in Kentucky. This is really a great story and all that. If you go to Louisville and go to their distillery, phenomenal.
1: And this is one you won't see in the stores
3: really. Well, they don't make enough. They just started their production back up. So
1: non-chill filtered. It says strictly sweet mash, no water added. Barrel-proof, so no war They don't
2: cut no. it at all. We did barrels of this. I might give you one. You might? We shared it with Burns. It's called beef and leaf. Beef and leaf. I like that. Love all right. It. We'll say cheers.
1: Aroma on this. Definite uh, notes of sweetness just on the aroma. Bright honey, vanilla yep, flavor. Cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Cinnamon. Going to get that from that barrel. Now, to me, I'm getting cinnamon on the Cinnamon. T- yeah. Smooth. Now, barrel strength, but this is incredibly smooth. Now, this is worth 150 bucks,
3: But it isn't. 70. No, 70 Worth
1: every penny. This Wow. Is a, this is a great story. Little sizzle, definite cinnamon, almost like a little mini fireball in the funny If amount.
3: anybody's going to Louisville, you have to look this one up off the 10th Street.
2: Yeah, it's fun.
1: Five-star selection yes. on this. So it's a, their own distillery, small yep. distillery. Yeah, when did they restart?
3: A couple years
1: Four ago. Four years ago. Four
3: years ago. But we don't even have the bourbon. I don't know how you got
1: this I, bourbon. I, I right? have connections. Yeah,
3: because we're waiting on the <coughs> bourbon. It's only being distributed now in five states. We're the
2: sixth state I, to get it. I also got the <laughs> Woodford Wheat, which is for grocery stores only. I already oh, have it. Oh, my goodness. Fantastic. You are the man. Let's do the old-fashioned real quick.
1: Let's do yeah. the old-fashioned right now. Good idea. So tell me about this, Tommy. Old-fashioned. This fashion. is uh,
2: two ounces of Four Roses single barrel, one ounce of the Demerol um, simple syrup. Did you say Demerol? Demerol is, Demerol is uh, raw sugar. Oh now Demerol sip. is in Simple the drug. S- yeah. <laughs> yeah, And then not three down. dashes of uh, agnostor bitters, orange peel, and a cherry. Oh, this is sweet. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice. Americans like delicious.
3: Sweet. They, Americans yes, like.
1: Do. I'm going to take another sip of this. Pour a little bit more.
2: See how it's balanced? You taste all the sweetness. You just don't taste the yeah. bitter. It's all about stirring the cocktail properly. What
1: what uh, bourbon did you use? I use
2: four rows of single barrel, very 120 nice. proof, a barrel. It's
1: a lot of sweetness, a little bit of bourbon. That's you what Americans can't go like. On. September, one of my favorite months of the year, kicks off National Bourbon Heritage Month. We get ready for football. The weather starts to turn. It is certainly hard to believe that we are approaching the Christmas and Hanukkah New Year's part of the year. Great bourbons, great American whiskeys, and we'll continue next hour on our Thanksgiving Encore presentation edition of the Cigar Dave Show with some mega craft beer tastings and regular beer tastings as well. As we feature Tim Shackton from Ulele here in the Cigar City of Tampa, Master Brewmaster. We had so many beers it went over into November. Oktoberfest, Novemberfest, around the corner.
0: This is AMEN, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A
1: The hangover effects of Thanksgiving continue. All the turkey, all the accoutrements, great spirits, great cigars, great football. My Bills won. Fantastic. Very, very enjoyable. Made Thanksgiving even extra special. And, of course, great fellowship, great camaraderie. We hope all of you, from all of us at the Cigar Dave Show, had a safe and enjoyable Thanksgiving. On this Thanksgiving-long weekend... We present an encore presentation for you. Some excerpts from our craft beer and beer mega-tasting maneuvers that we conducted at the end of Cigar Oktoberfest. They were so massive, they ended up going into November. We call them Cigar Novemberfest. Tim Shackton, the master brewer at Ulele Restaurant in the Cigar City of Tampa. Our guest, we sampled a plethora of great beers. We start right now. Before we start getting into the tasting end of things, let's talk about the various styles of beer. Because there's so many different styles of beer. And as craft brewers have gotten involved, we see much more creativity than we have, say, with the old days when you just had your lagers, which are Coors and Bud and so on. But Let's talk about the various styles of beer. First up, let's talk about lager. That's probably the number one selling style beer still in the United States. Well, lager represents over 80% of the entire
6: world. Beer of the school. world? Yeah. Wow. It's a big deal, and uh, it's difficult to execute a high-quality lager. Now, we've got six lagers currently on tap out of our uh, 11 beers on tap, so it's unusual for a craft uh, brew pub to carry that many lagers. It requires a lot of storage space. Why know?
1: is lager different? Just more time necessary to age the beer? Yes, the lager yeast is
6: um, it ferments at cooler temperatures and uh, requires more deft and dexterous processing. Um, you, uh, you need a brief cold storage. Cold storage literally translates to lager. And uh, the idea is even when the beer is ice cold, the yeast is still active. It's seeking uh, sugar, and that's why at the end of the process, it's crisp and clean. It cannot be replicated by ale production. There's world-class ales out there, don't get me wrong, but lager takes a
1: long time. And, uh, and it's it, a bottom-fermenting yeast? Yes. Okay, yes. so lager, bottom-fermenting yeast, cold storage is really what it, it translates to. Correct. And that's why many craft brewers, they don't have the capacity to store, that's why many of them are doing ales. When we think of lagers, a little bit lighter in flavor. I, I would counter that with
6: um, you, you could qualify a lager as crisp. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean to, to imply that it would be lighter, but uh, most beer styles that are qualified as lagers tend to be lighter. But you can have a bold, dark, deep, rich lager too. But the whole idea is that cold storage is so unique because it, what happens is there's a lot of CO2 production in the beer. And as the CO2 constantly gases up through the beer, it's, it's scrubbing and, and tempering the, the flavors of the beer. So you, 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 you tend to have
1: something that's more measured and balanced at the end. And, uh, Which but, is a great. That's yeah. exactly what I would use. It's very balanced, smooth and balanced. Yeah. On a lager. And when we think of lagers, some of the names, Budweiser, Miller, Coors, Pilsner Urkel, Stella Attois, Corona, uh, Heineken, Foster's, those are all lagers. Absolutely. Okay. Then we move into ales. And ale is a warm fermentation method with the yeast uh, activity taking place at the top
6: of the tank. Correct. Ales are... World renowned as well. My favorite uh, beer that's not produced at Ullayli is Guinness, and that's an ale. It's a classic. You know, again coming back to it. But when we
1: think about it, isn't that that's a stout? It is a stout. And stouts are
6: made with ale yeast.
1: Ah, interesting. Yeah. Just learned something. I see. <laughs> so stout is an ale, is a Co- form of an ale. Correct. But you see, that's the American
6: brewers throwing all this stuff to the wind, man. We, right. These crap, our, The craft brewers, especially here in the Tampa region, are just throwing caution to the wind. We're, we're coming up with all sorts of beers that you can't even qualify professionally. You know, that, and that's the beauty of it. You're going to come up with something
1: that could be radically different.
6: And that's the great thing about Tampa.
1: So we can characterize a Guinness as a brown ale. It's stout, uh, but would that stout. be a brown So it would not be a brown ale. Yeah. So, brown ale, how, tell me about brown ale and pale ale. Well, let's see.
6: Now, brown ale is more of like a, a, a cousin, a distant cousin to porters and stouts. And, uh, you know, you've got uh, not as dark malts that go into making a brown ale, but a much different flavor profile. And, of course, porter is. Was was around before stout was porter was uh, literally named because that was the dark beer that they served porters in the rail cars and then interesting yeah and then of course as time went by they they came up with a much heavier sturdier darker beer and that became stout now uh, pale ales again uh, a very rich tradition with pale ales and IPAs IPAs are very important
1: now India pale ale's is interesting because the reason that they call it India Pale Ale. Because it's very hoppy, that was almost a natural preservative. Correct. And they would travel back and forth in the old days with the ships. Yeah, the London Brewers Guild pretty much invented the the
6: India Pale Ale so the beer could last on a ship from uh, sailing from London to Bombay. And you see when the British troops got... uh, Came back from India and they came back home. They insisted, hey, let's, let's put the milds to the side now. I want IPA now because that's what I've been drinking all this time. Right. And of course, American craft brewers, boy, again, taking it to the extreme. There's so many different types of Tons. IPAs out there. More
1: IPAs than I've ever seen before. Yes, sir. That's beca- yeah. Because I think the craft uh, brewery drinker, the craft brewing drinker, wants a fuller flavored, more complex beer. It's unapologetic. Unapologetic. It's in your face. Correct. And it's the same thing with cigars. We cigars. The number one selling cigar is still a mild to medium bodied cigar, but there are those that want a fuller flavored cigar, and that tends to be a minority. But they are diehards, similar to the people that seek out craft brewers that travel the country finding craft brewers, and going to their tap rooms and sample rooms, they want that India Pale Ale or those heartier beers. Amen. And, you know, IPA is such a wonderful style in Tampa,
6: too. Tampa IPA has a unique flavor profile. You know, you've got a little bit of the astringency of the West Coast IPA. you got uh, some of the... uh, the fruity characteristics of, say, a hazy New England, a little bit of both. I like to call them 7.575s, 7.5% alcohol, 75 IBUs. IBUs. and that
1: leads us to the next thing, international bitterness units. Yes. The higher the number, what I consider the more bitter or hoppy, if you will. A lager is probably 14, 18, maybe 20.
6: Budweiser would qualify a 10 or under.
1: And uh, beer,
6: the very popular beer in Tampa, uh, my Green Cannonball is 75. Uh, the Cigar City Highlight, that's about 72 to 75. Right. Uh,
1: and uh, it, and we had that last week on yeah. on the show. And I can tell you, definitely noticed a big difference from going from a mild lager to that, uh, to, you know, to that IPA IPA style, where you get that hoppiness right in the back of the tongue. You get that just touch of of hoppiness, that bitterness just to give a little kick on the way down. Very noticeable. So the higher the number, somebody, any of you want a milder, more balanced, lighter beer, look for a beer that has a lower IBU. If you want something that's a little bit, has more personality, more zest, higher IBU.
6: And it usually is indicated right on the label. Right. You could read it, and, it and, uh, and most people, if you're getting up to the 35 or 40 IBU range, most people... Would say, yeah, it's a little bit hoppy. but you know, then he, that's the whole point is the experience at the table is to get people outside of their comfort zone, get them in there. Here's a sample of this. Try
1: this. Tell me what you think. Well, that's the great thing, and I tell people all the time that if you get a dozen friends, everybody kick in whatever five, ten bucks, and go to your local retailer that sells beer by the can, and many wine stores, liquor stores, they all are really improving their selection of single bottle or single canned beers, just start picking things. Pick an IPA, pick a lager, pick, uh, pick a uh, Hefeweizen. Just go and, and, and have fun with it, and then just throw some steaks on the grill, light some cigars, take those 10, 12 beers, and just pour. Everybody take a sample, and you can do your own tasting notes. And I'm sure you sell flights at oh, yeah. Ulele where people can get what four five six eight different samples of beers you can
6: ask for samples at, of any of our beers and we do small flights as well and the, i would also uh, double down on that and say there's so many craft breweries that have tap rooms so instead of always just going you can, you can always go back and barbecue but in a, in a you can have a craft beer adventure, especially in the Tampa area and many regions. Throughout Across the this, country, because yeah. our
1: listeners are coast-to-coast and worldwide, and you can do this anywhere around the world. And we've Correct. got big listeners over in the UK, in Australia, at many of the military bases. Now, they don't serve uh, hmm. uh, beer at military bases. They should, but they don't. But nonetheless, many of our great troops, when they do go on leave or when they do come home, they sample many of those great spirits and great beers. A lot of cigar-friendly beer gardens Correct. Around.
6: And um, it's great to be able to go taste it fresh from the tap. Site brewed, site served. It doesn't get any better than that. It's as pure as the wind driven snow.
1: Let's talk about a Belgian ale. How does that differ from an IPA or just a regular. Oh, Belgians, boy. Let me tell ale. you.
6: You're talking about wild yeast. You're talking about just a wonderful uh, phenolic on a nose. And sometimes it's spontaneous fermented. Okay. So you're taking airborne yeast. Uh, you have lots of aging involved. Uh, Belgians have a wonderful tradition of many different beer styles. Uh, Saison yeast is a wonderful yeast that comes to mind that's, that works great with fruited beers and um, like lambic, for instance. You know, that's another uh, fruited beer that's from Belgium. And uh, I, I could again, I, we could have a whole entire section on Belgian beers that they just blow your mind. You know, the Germans uh, tend to be pretty structured and strict with their brewing techniques, and the Belgians are kind of throw caution to the wind a little bit, and it's uh, ended up with, uh, with some incredible
1: results. All right, let's, real quickly, I want to hit on stouts and wheat beers. Yes, stouts. What, real quickly, what is a stout? Well, a stout, uh, a stout can be any
6: um, gravity, meaning it, 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 it could be high in alcohol, it could be low in alcohol. But really what qualifies a stout is that it's produced with ale yeast and that it, it, it qualifies as a certain color. So there's a, like IBUs, there's a scale called Standard Rating Method, SRM. And if you see it on a label, it will tell you what the color of a beer is. It assigns a number to the color. So a red ale might be, say, 18 to 30. And a Guinness would be like 40. And of course, a, a light lager would be five.
1: Let's talk about wheat beer. When I think about wheat beer, it's top fermented, but a lot of wheat tends to be softer on the palate. Correct. And you know, not all wheat beers are, are ale fermented. Most of the
6: commercial varieties are. I have a wheat lager on tap at Eulalie. Um, but wheat, it tends to be soft. It, there's, uh, it's a huskless grain, so it creates a lot of protein in the beer, so it tends to be hazy. And uh, it softens the palate expression of a beer quite dramatically. It works very well at the table. And uh, uh, Hefeweizen, the reason why a Hefeweizen has a banana clove is because of the yeast. The yeast is what makes that. Um, it's a wonderful uh, grain to use in beer you can, uh, it increases head retention and a, it makes a quality beer uh, go to 11 right, so I love to use weed in almost all of the beers that I make at Ulele. Yeah.
1: We're going to go to Ireland, Smittix yeah, Ireland, this is their Irish red ale, now what constitutes a Irish red ale Tim? Well, first of all, Irish malt
6: and that, uh Obviously, it's made in Ireland, right. but uh, the Irish malt has a very distinctive flavor. You know, it's 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 somewhat sweet. You get a little bit of earthiness. Again, back to the terroir, <laughs> right? And uh, you, the the red, the Irish red tends to be uh, a little more subdued in the caramel expression than, say, a, an American amber.
1: Smittix did a nice job on doing uh, repackaging their beers, and they call this a ruby red brew. With a gentle hop bitterness, a sweet malt finish. 4.5% alcohol by volume. We'll say cheers. Cheers. Definitely getting some of that maltiness on the nose. Mm. Yeah, it's a little hoppiness, but not not tons. Mm. To me, this is what I would consider a lighter ale. Mm -hmm. So a lighter ale... That's approachable.
6: Yes, very drinkable.
1: Yep. It's very approachable and uh, not noticeable hoppiness. No, so ver- it's, not, it's not very strong. It says a gentle hot bitterness yep. on the label. Yep. I, I would say this is maybe around 45, 35, 45, something like that on the IBU scale. Perhaps even a little less. <laughs> really? You think <laughs> yeah. it's less than that? Yeah. Okay, But uh,
6: it's still, it's, I think it's delicious.
1: <laughs> now we're going to enjoy some unique Fruit flavored beers. So, we're going to enjoy three fruit flavored beers. First up, this is from Monday Night Brewing. They're Blind Pirate Blood Orange IPA. They say it's juicy, caramel, citrusy, and it is ale brewed with blood oranges. 7.4% alcohol by volume, and this is made in Georgia. So just to the north of us here. And when we look at this, boy, this has a noticeable orange, blood orange color to it. I mean, you can't miss it. Blood orange color right off as soon as you pour it. And let's take a sniff here. Wow. Definite citrus and maltiness. Wow. Mega citrus nose. No doubt about it. And we'll say cheers on this one. And we'll take a sip. Oh, I like this. Nice. This has got some hoppiness with maltiness with the subtle citrus. Acidity. Acidity. Yep. Yep. Bingo. Noticeable acidity. Pleasant. Yep. Pleasant. Nice aftertaste. Malty with citrus notes at the right
6: amount. These guys did a good job. It's hard to keep uh, the, the acidity... And well in a can. So this the, is nicely done. The
1: aroma on this is, I mean, I could sniff this for a while. It's its, it's a, an amalgamation of the maltiness with a little yeastiness, but with that noticeable blood orange citrus uh, aroma. But not over the top. Not over the it's top. It's not grabbing you by the tongue and throwing nope. you
6: across the room.
1: Nope. And it's interesting that you mention acidi- acidity because one of the descriptions that I found pours an orange amber of citrus and hops, malt followed by acidic and sweet orange and slightly piney hop. That's what I'm getting, the pineyness. Yep. That's the other. Medium-bodied with lightly sweet and bitter finish. That's what I'm getting also, that pininess That's tough to describe, but you know it when you taste it. I like it. Yeah, it's really nice. This is, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give this a five-star selection uh, without question. Let me see that can one more time. You got it. That from is, Georgia. Yeah, from Georgia. And it's got uh, Monday night brewing blind pirate blood orange ipa trying to see where if it says where in georgia it's made i do not see it but i will tell you this uh, i paid a dollar for the can worth every cent that is a five star selection no doubt about it now we're going to go to hawaii sergeant steve do you have don ho available by any chance can we get some tiny bubbles mr don ho And this is from Maui Brewing, not Maui, Minnesota, not Maui, Florida, not Maui, Wisconsin, Maui, Hawaii, 20 degrees, actually, let's see, 20 degrees, 44 minutes north, 156 degrees, 26 minutes west, that's where their brewery is, crafted with passion from the heart of paradise. We're an innovative and independent brewery. Welcome to the Ohana. And this is Maui Brewing in Kihel, Maui, Hawaii. And this is their Pineapple Mana Wheat. It is a gold pineapple. Gives way to sweet aroma, smooth-bodied tropical brew. Very light in color. Very nice. They serve this, I should say, once again at the Ho House. So if you ever go to Hawaii and want tons of pleasure, Go to the whole house. You can't go wrong. Take a sip here. Mm. I think Don Ho would like this. This is very subtle notes of pineapple, but noticeable. This is really a, a very impressive beer. So it's a very it's a light white or wheat beer. So you definitely get, you don't get that maltiness, that hoppiness. 5.5% alcohol by volume. I'll tell you what. You don't get a happy ending. You get a pineapple... Slight ending is what I would call it on the very, very end here. Mm. This is unique. They let the pineapple do the talking. They do. Yeah, this is unique. Again, this is not a full-flavored beer. This is a very light-approachable beer. You're not going to... It's not like you're drinking pineapple juice, but there's enough of that pineapple subtlety to know that this is a pineapple wheat beer. Very, very nice. I like this. We go to... This is from Seventh Star. Seventh Sun. Oh, Seventh Sun. I'm sorry. Seventh Sun. Graffiti Orange. So we're in the citrus. We've got pineapple. We have the blood orange. And this is going to be the Seventh Sun. Creamsicle. Creamsicle. Now, interesting. Graffiti Orange, Creamsicle Wheat Ale. Now, I love creamsicles back in the day. So let's see if we get those notes of creamsicle. That's good. And again, very, very light in color. I mean, this has got a very, almost a light, almost between a gold and an orange color. Whoops. Helps if I don't spill on me. (laughs) That came right out. That was pretty quick. Wow, I'm getting a little orange on the nose. We'll say cheers on this one. Cheers. And we'll take a sip. I'm not getting a ton of orange. I'm getting a little. Actually, now I've got the creamsicle on the very end. There's about a three-second delay after you swallow it, and then you notice it. Very nice. Yeah, most definitely creamsicle in the palate. The nose, a little different. Yeah, the nose isn't overly pungent one way or the other. It's it's relatively neutral. Mm. I like it. Yeah, you have to wait. After you swallow it, when you swallow a few more times, you, it's just, I would say, just very subtle creamsicle. But again, to me, if you want a, a, a beer by the pool on a hot summer day, this would be it. Very, very pleasant. We are just getting warmed up. We've got loads of great beers that we'll be sampling. As we continue with Tim Shackton, the master brewer of Eulalie in the Cigar City of Tampa, as our Encore Thanksgiving weekend presentation of the Cigar Dave Show continues next.
0: The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Cigar Day. Day.
1: Thanksgiving, whether you fried your turkey, smoked your turkey, grilled your turkey, spatchcock your turkey, just roasted it the old-fashioned way. I'm sure many of the tips that Colonel Ange delivered on last week's edition of the Cigar Dave Show, our turkey delicacy edition, gave you some tips. Now, I will say this. I did two methods of making the turkey. I had two turkeys. A 21-pound fried turkey and a 24-pound Spatchcocked, grilled and smoked turkey. Indirect heat, put some hickory chips on the side where there was heat of the grill, covered it up, did a beautiful job. And I'll tell you this, I know Colonel Ange said four minutes. I got to disagree with my good buddy Colonel Ange in the pooch pit. We went with three and a half minutes. I went three and a half minutes for the 21-pound turkey, so it took 75 minutes or 73, whatever it was. Came out perfect. Let it rest for a half an hour succulent, moist, juicy, absolutely fantastic. Ah, my mouth is still foaming at how delicious it was. Thanks to Colonel Ange's great ideas. Now, in this half hour, we continue with our Encore presentation of mega beer tasting maneuvers from Cigar Oktoberfest into Cigar Novemberfest because it was so large with our special guest, Tim Shackton, the master brewer at Ulele Brewery and Restaurant in the Cigar City. Maui coconut... Hiwa, this is a porter. One more time, tell us what a porter is. Well, a porter is made with uh, roasted malts. It's an ale. It's a British-style beer, very traditional. Uh, Uh, They call it porter because they used to serve it to porters. All right, (laughs) and they call this the coconut porter, which is kind of interesting. This is the coconut Hiwa porter. We'll say cheers and taste it. Wow. Nice. It's the porter with just a nice, slight hint of coconut. Delicious. It is very, very nice. Very pleasant. One more sip. Mm. Robust, tasty, very, very subtle hint of coconut. A little bit more mocha discernible on the palate. Like the nose on that one. Yeah, it's very nice. Next up, we're going to Belgium. Chimay. Tell me about Chimay. Chimay is a Trappist
6: brewery, so you're a bunch of Trappist monks originated this brewery. Well, centuries ago, and uh, this is called Sink Scent, and this is basically, it means 500. Uh, the the brewer who came up with this beer it was in the uh, 1960s, and uh, this is a, a classic Belgian ale.
1: Yeah, on the uh, on the nose, mm-hmm. a little yeast, but not much. Saison. Mm-hmm.
6: Got Saison on the bottom of the tongue, right? Yeah. That's that yeastiness, right? I'm getting
1: yeastiness with a little tartness underneath Mm -hmm. the tongue. Take another sip. That's delightful. Mm Mm-hmm. Delightful, clean, lemon zest notes. Mm -hmm. Very nice. This is, again, a Chimay that I would have never picked up, but here at Davidoff of Geneva Store Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa. Very popular beer, so very, very nice. Most people get the blue label, but this is a great bottle. Very impressive. Now we're going to France. So going from Belgium to France, who knew the French actually brewed beer? This is the Cronenberg <laughs> 1664, what they call a Euro Pale Lager. Traditional beer named after the year, the Hat family, the brewery's founders, first started commercial brewing 1664, made with select malts, exclusive yeast, Kind of a darkish golden beer. Some aromatic hoppiness. All right, we'll say cheers. Cheers. Take another sip.
7: It's clean, smooth,
1: not really noticeable hoppiness. Very European. Very European, a little bland, and let's face it, most French people are bland except when they're surrendering. They're very enthusiastic when they surrender and they retreat. So aside from that, I would say Cronenberg 1664, eh, comme si, comme ça, so-so. Well Mm. said. All right, next up, we're going to stay over in the Eurasia area. Now, this is going to be very controversial. This is called Baltica 4. Not Baltica 1, not Baltica 2, not Baltica 3. This is Baltica 4. Dark lager made in Soviet Union. CCCP. Russian beer. Baltica. This beer, dark lager, brewed in Russia. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Mueller commission may investigate us for sampling this Baltica for Vladimir Putin likes this beer and because I'm drinking it now I'm associated with rations. Let's say cheers. Cheers. Russian beer. Now interesting, very dark golden color as I take sip. It's typical of the East, Co- uh, uh, of the,
6: uh, East European varieties. It, it's not as long on flavor as the
1: others. But uh, no hopiness. little flavor by the way welcome I am Cigar Dimitri I will be your new host (laughs) here at Cigar Dimitri show Mr. Cigar Dave now imprisoned by Mueller Commission I now will be speaking of all things Russia Russian dressing Russian dames Russian vodka and Russian beer this Baltica actually not bad a little flat very big 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 bottle I must say almost looks like Russian woman of old With the babushka, very boosty and rotund, not like the golden, uh, uh, blonde Russians of today that are very, very hot. So I will say this Baltica is a unique, uh, to me, a dark lager, but almost like a porter. It is. And a Baltic porter Mm. actually is a style. Really? Yeah. Uh, I would say it's very smooth. Light notes of creaminess. Actually, it's not a bad beer. No, it's good. And there's a little molasses, uh, like a kiss of molasses. Yeah, there, exactly. Right? Exa- Who knew? Russian uh. Baltica beer. I enjoy. <laughs> now I'm going to be in jail. Please, Hillary Clinton, come after me. Arrest me. I am part of secret plot with Russians to overtake American brew industry. All right, next we're going to go to a Spaten Oktoberfest. Now, this is a Marzen. Tell me, Tim, about a Marzen.
6: Well, Martzen, also known as Oktoberfest, you're talking about a cold, uh, cold fermented beer. This is what they typically serve in the beer halls uh, in Munich at this time of year. M- Munich malt, lager yeast. Did you say cheers. Cheers.
1: And we'll take a sip here. Malty, not a lot of hoppiness. Nope. A lot of people think those Oktoberfest German beers are going to be. You know, full full throttle. They're not at all. No, the
6: Hellespach and the Oktoberfest are both. Uh, they accentuate them all. Sometimes there's a little bit more hops. You know, my my Oktoberfest has a little bit more hops. Right.
1: This is this does not. This is a very approachable, straightforward beer. Take another sip here. This, Sp- mind you, it
6: came across the pond in a bottle, so that helps. That uh, changes the characteristic of the beer as well. Believe
1: it or not, almost a little note of sweetness. Mm-hmm. On the palate. Very nice. Five-star like selection for the in Oktoberfest. No question about it. That gets my five-star seal. Next, we're going to go to Iceland. Now, when you think of Iceland, you think of Reykjavik. You think of some of those hot Icelandic dames. But there's beer. Einstock Icelandic Toasted Porter. Now, this is very interesting because when we go to, when we think of Iceland, again, this particular beer is an American Porter, 6% alcohol by volume. And as we look at this, again, deep dark chocolate in color, very foamy head. Take a sip.
6: The Nordic countries are seeing a renaissance in craft beer right now. A lot of American craft brewers are going over there to collaborate.
1: Toasty notes, coffee notes, incredibly smooth. No bitterness, no hoppiness, low on the IBU scale. This is very nice. If you want a a porter that's very approachable and easy drinking, five-star selection on this one as well. No doubt about it. I would have given the the Baltica four, five stars, but I definitely would have been imprisoned or called up to uh, Adam Schiff's committee to testify. But this Einstock, Icelandic toasted porter, five-star all the ways. Now, Tim, we go to your Ulele Crown Jewel, spelled with two L's. Limited release, honey lager. Interesting story behind this beer.
6: Well, I, I, I do weddings. We do weddings at Eulalie all the time, and I get uh, commissioned by private people to do barrels. And uh, this is our Magby's Honey Lager, which is one of our core beers. It's, it's made with Mayaka honey, and it's cold fermented lager. And it went into a couple different barrels. It started out in a virgin filled Knob Creek barrel for a week, and then we transferred it over to a Jack Daniels barrel, a superior barrel, I might add. I love this beer.
1: That's good because I heard the couple getting married are indeed virginal, so that's a perfect (laughs) fit on this particular beer. Again, this is the Crown Jewel Limited Release Honey Lager. We'll be tapping this this week. So we're the first to
6: sample this. Yeah, this is going to tap on Friday. They're getting married Friday.
1: Subtle notes of honey, definite note. And real honey is different than the Subi honey you buy in the store. The real Florida honey, outstanding. Let me take a sip here. (sighs) Wow. This is outstanding. Thank you. Smoothness of a lager with the subtle sweetness of honey. Winning combination. The oak Very nice. plays the, into the sweetness as well. And it's a darker lager, too, mm-hmm. not the light lager. Mm. Outstanding. That is a five-star selection, Tim. Thank you. The problem is our alphas can't buy it anywhere, but will you available, have this available on tap even though it's limited Maybe down the road? Well, uh, I always have
6: the honey lager bourbon barrel aged. I carry it at least half a dozen times a year. It's it's one of our most popular limited release beers, so I've always got a barrel working.
1: (laughs) Good to know. Outstanding. Next for this segment, we've got the Leinenkugels or Leinenkugels Canoe Paddle Kolsch. What is a Kolsch? A Kolsch is like a
6: European-style lager, but it's an ale. It's made with an ale yeast. So Ah, you've got a little bit of the qualities of, say, a Pilsner or a Helles, but uh, again, it's fermented at room temperature. It mimics a lager.
1: Wow, definite yeast notes right yeah. on the on the aroma. And we'll say cheers, cheers on that one. And we'll take a sip of the Kugel's canoe paddle push. You betcha. Oh, don't you know that's an interesting beer? Oh yeah. Oh, you betcha. It's good. It's distinctive mm. to the style. It really is. It's got some sweetness to it definite smoothness it's got the laggery some lager smoothness again with slight notes of ale and that yeast sometimes
6: and, brewers kick down the temperature on this uh, fermentation a notch and it makes to mimic a, a lager strain
1: outstanding Lenin kugels canoe paddle coach we're not quite done yet With Beer Tasting Maneuvers, the final and concluding segment of this Encore presentation on this Thanksgiving weekend of Mega Beer Tasting Maneuvers from Cigar Oktoberfest and Cigar Novemberfest comes your way next.
0: Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the General, each month, delivered straight to your door when you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. For just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com.
7: Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth,
1: Cigar connoisseurs and enthusiasts love going into their retailer's humidor and seeing what's new, what's exciting. It's like a kid in a candy store. And we've got a great way that you can enjoy and sample fabulous cigars from incredible manufacturers. It's the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Every month, you will receive three fantastic cigars in an Officers Club Ziploc pouch shipped directly to you for $22.95. Now, in... The past year, we've had incredible selections. We had the world of Davidoff, which featured an Avo and a Davidoff Winston Churchill. We've had cigars from A.J. Fernandez, from Rocky Patel, from Placencia, Drew Estate, Sindicato Fonseca, incredible cigars that you will love. Become a member of the Officers Club today. Join now. Go to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. You will absolutely love it. It's so many beers that we sampled during Cigar Oktoberfest that we ran out of time in October and it had to go into November, so we called it Cigar Novemberfest. And we wrap it all up on this encore presentation of the Cigar Dave Show with Tim Schacht and the master brewer at Ulele Brewery and Restaurant in the Cigar City of Tampa as we finish off our beer tasting maneuvers. We have sampled 27 beers. We've got our last segment. We've got to hit 10. So, Tim Shackton, head brewmaster, Eulalie Spring Brewery, are you up for the challenge? Let's rock. Let's hit it. Next up, the tank, La Plaita, a hopic-scented pills. This is from my buddies, the Placencias and Carlos Padron, a very light-colored beer. We'll say cheers. A hopic-scented pill. Boy, I can smell the hops here. Wow, that is nice. Hoppy, smooth, light, crisp. Very, very nice. Fruity hops. Very, very. La Playita, cool Cool can as well. Some turquoise, some white, very south beachy Miami. Got to love that. Next up, we have the Brayhound Brewhouse Mechanical Turk. You brought this, Tim. Tell me about it. Well, it's the first time I'm tasting it. It's a
6: spiced coffee milk stout. So let's see. Spiced coffee milk stout.
1: Excellent. I'll take a sip here. Wow, that is unique. Almost like a cafe con leche from Ybor City. It does taste like that It a does. Lot. Spicy mm. some spicy notes coffee like notes of espresso and dark chocolate I like it roasty spicy where's this made where's uh, it
6: brewed? there's a, a again at the Brehon Brew House is in between Belfast oh and, okay this is, over, yeah. this is'
1: overseas this is yeah. the same one okay gotcha gotcha next up we've got love the name Goodwood bourbon barrel ale now. The mere name alone, as soon as I saw Goodwood, I'm thinking I got to buy this. Made in Kentucky, 6% alcohol by volume, a copper-toned beer, medium-bodied, sweet caramel, notes of vanilla and bourbon-soaked oak. Let's take a sip. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's
6: definitely wood on this beer.
1: Oh yeah. That's nice. Mm-hmm. That's very pleasant. Getting a little bit of that aged wood from the bourbon barrel. But again, this is a big bourbon arrow, almost like a stout, if you will. It's
6: nice and sweet, too. It's not cloyingly sweet. It's pleasantly sweet. No, pleasant
1: sweet. Very nice. I like this. Next up, we go to for selection number 31, Love Funky Buddha. They're vibing. They call this the Grooving Lager, a Groovable Lager. Love Funky Buddha down in South Florida. Light golden color. Mild foamy head. Take a sip. This is mellow, tame, approachable, groovable, groovable. I like it. This is for someone that wants on a hot day, a mild beer. This is, I love funky Buddha. I think they make such unique beers, just very, very creative on what they do. And their beer quality is outstanding. Now we go to the new city mule. This is from Massachusetts. And I'm looking at that can
6: Supposed to be like a Moscow Mule is what they're
1: saying. Yeah, 6% alcohol. It says just the right kick, so we'll try this. Very light color, almost a pale straw color. Ginger, ginger. Whoa, I can smell that aroma of ginger right on the nose. It is massive. Take a taste here. That's almost like the cocktail. Whoa, way too sweet. Way too sweet. Again, not really a beer, but an alternative adult beverage. Interesting, sweet. If, uh, I'll tell you, chilled, that would be really nice. On the rocks, that would be a nice poolside beverage. All right, this is the Brew Bus You're My Boy Blue. This is a blueberry wheat ale made right here in the Cigar City of Tampa. And looking at this, a blueberry wheat ale. Definite notes of blueberry on the nose. I'll take a sip. Oh, this is delicious. I like it a lot. I've always loved this delicious. Wheat, definite wheat ale but subtle not overly powerful significant notes of blueberry five-star selection if you like a flavored beer this would be perfect and this is made right here brew bus
6: yeah anthony and his brewing team over there are just done such a fantastic job with this beer and it's been around for a little bit now so it's very delicious
1: 33 selections down for cigar november fest we've got four to go we go to the coastal empire coco piña goza a sour beer what is a
6: goza Goza is a sour beer. It's a, uh, basically the introduction of a, spe- a specific bacteria that creates lactic acid. And now, the oh. lactic
1: acid makes the beer sour. The aroma has a pina colada, mm-hmm. coconut type aroma, 3.8% alcohol by volume. This is a tropical take on a classic sa- a sour German Goza style beer brewed with pineapple, coconut, pink Himalayan salt, and sea salt made in Georgia. So we'll take a sip here. Oh, unique. Yeah. This is more like a tropical beverage by the beach. Not beerish at all. If you like a pina colada, you will love this beer. A little bit of sourness as it goes down as well. Not bad. Not necessarily my cup of tea, but very, very unique. Next up, the Flamingo, what is it called? The Flamingo Dreams Nitro. This is a berry-infused ale, and it pours pink. This looks like...
6: Raspberries. Raspberry
1: punch whoa definitely getting a lot of that berry on the nose definitely raspberries mm. now I'm getting the, the the color throws you I'm getting the beer the light ale taste with the berry and a little bit of sourness this is not bad this would be great for the summer chilled not for everybody but very unique mm. 11 on the IBU scale so very uh, very sweet very unique now we've got funky buddha key lime pie and as soon as i saw that i said to myself i gotta buy that i love their sweet potato casserole beer that tastes like a sweet potato very subtle this is the funky buddha key lime pie we'll say cheers, cheers. on that and this is we'll say take a sip if you like key lime pie you're gonna love this beer wow definite that notes is. of that lime almost like uh, drinking a corona with the lime but without the corona that's a Florida beer right here. That is a Florida beer, 100% great for summer. Now, the last one. So we've got the MAGA Special, the Cigar City Maduro beer. We love Cigar City beer. Maduro, they pay tribute to Maduro cigars, and this is a Maduro brown ale. We will say cheers for our last tasting. Cheers. Take a sip. Delicious. Unbelievable. Fantastic. This is... <laughs> Named after the dark cigar wrapper, brown ale, semi-sweet chocolate, some toffee, fresh coffee, medium-bodied, very nice. I love this. Tim, we did it. <laughs> we did eight beers for Cigar Oktoberfest. We did 37 today in the last two weeks into Cigar Novemberfest, our mega-beer-tasting special, 45 beers total. And I'll, let's raise a glass one more time, say cheers. Tim Shackton, head brewmaster, Eulalia Fantastic beer tasting maneuvers during Cigar Oktoberfest and Cigar November Fest, And in the first hour, a load of Great American whiskeys and bourbons. Always two of my favorite months, September, October. And we certainly enjoyed being able to give you an encore presentation of those tastings on this Thanksgiving weekend. Cigar Dave, the General, your commanding... Five-star alpha male in chief saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ash be extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. And nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.